Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, second hour of our five-hour Tuesday morning conversation here on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. We've got a lot to do. Ty's got a apparently a girlfriend story he needs your help with. We'll get to that. Also, uh, if you were watching any of the Super Bowl Saturday night, uh, Super, why do I keep calling it that? I think it used to be called, there used to be called something called Super Bowl Saturday something or other, but uh, Super Bowl opening night was last night on a Monday. And it is kind of weird, Ty, with the uh, having covered several Super Bowls uh, in New Orleans and Arizona, Houston on a couple of occasions. Normally, the uh, what they used to call media days was later in the week. They would do it either on Tuesday or even into Wednesday just because the media doesn't all show up uh, early in the week. Uh, but it's almost like they've extended this week and, and having, as I say, having covered the Super Bowl, 80 to, to cover these events that they're going to do on Monday, like the Roger Goodell Commissioner's News Conference, which he normally would have on a, on a Wednesday or Thursday ahead of the big game, had it on a Monday, and then Super Bowl opening night was last night. I mean, if you're a member of the media, you have to arrive in Vegas on Sunday uh, get in your hotel and be there to cover it the next day. But then you have all week that you have to be in Vegas. Normally, when we would cover the Super Bowls, we would uh, arrive by Wednesday and do radio row broadcasts, like you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then get back to, to back to Austin. But uh, that's a long week for sure for the media to have these big events early in the week like they did. But we have plenty of audio to use and uh, bring your way, including uh, I think the, uh, we learned that there's discovered a young sports casting prodigy. Ty, I want to introduce our audience to here coming up. Also, we'll hear from. Uh, uh, as we already did from Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy and uh, all the, uh, the the big stars in this big game coming up on Sunday. Uh, we're also going to hear from, uh, if you're a Houston Texans fan, uh, you're going to like the uh, conversation with Fred Warner. We'll play this hour, the uh, Houston Texans, uh, about the Houston Texans new head coach, D'Amico Ryans, and the impact Fred Warner says he had on his career and life, as a matter of fact, uh, while he was the, the defensive coordinator there in San Francisco. So a lot to do as we roll forward, and you have a girlfriend story. So can, you, can you share that with us, Ty? What a... What's your because you, you have a girlfriend that you're going mm-hmm. you're leaving tomorrow to go to to meet her parents. Have you ever met her parents? Has that happened already? I have not. I've, I stayed in her parents' house during the Sugar Bowl with one of my buddies, um, which was, and I before I even met them. So I, I will be going to this house for the second time, but it'll be my first time actually meeting them. Okay, well there you go. Are you nervous about that at all? I mean, no. you, you know, you because you, you okay. You're, 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 I, you're, I tend you're to well, I'd say eighty percent of the time parents love me, whether it's girlfriends or friends, and then the twenty other twenty percent they absolutely hate me. So I'm 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 leaning into that eighty percent. I'm not going to be nervous. <laughs> Lean into the eighty. Uh, so what is your your girlfriend conundrum question well, that you have for us this Tuesday morning? So as you know, I'm not the you know sharpest dresser. I pretty you know, probably at my worst here at the studio because I I've. I know you get up and you take a shower every morning and you do yourself up. Me, I, I, I enjoy that extra 30 minutes of sleep. So I, I usually show up in sweatpants and it was flip-flops for a long time. It's been hey dudes recently. Um, well, she was like, yeah, we need to get you a, a few new pairs of pants and maybe some shoes and such. <laughs> I um, like her. So, yes. Uh, she's like, we need to clean you up. I'm getting a haircut today. Just a trim. But um, she, she's prepping you for your her parents, obviously. Yes, um, but you know I, I'm I'm pretty broke right now. I'm, I'm waiting on my tax return. I, you know, got another paycheck here in a few weeks or next week. Um, and so she was like, "Oh, well, I'll just I'll just cover you, and you can just get me back whenever." Um, Ooh, she's and, really prepping you for her, your yeah. parents. She wants you to make a strong impression, and she's willing to pay for it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, if you maybe a few hundred bucks here, um, but at this this turned into her going to a few stores on her own and then us going to the Arboretum yesterday, uh, the domain, sorry, and 
she I think we spent like five hundred to six hundred dollars because she was oh, man. She, she went to the, we went to the Lulu store went to Neiman Marcus. It, Dang. Yeah, and I was like, I kept on being like, she just kept on grabbing stuff and being like, and being like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And I was like, you know, I'd, I am planning on paying you back for all this. Like, what if you were in that position, and if with with dating when you were dating your wife and you didn't have any money and she somehow was paying for everything here, how would you well, feel? Because never... I'm now like, how am I going to pay back the six hundred dollars <laughs> that I now owe someone that I see every single day of my life, pretty much? First of all, uh, if you're asking my opinion on that, we can let the textures weigh in at four four seven three seven seven six. Kind of sounds like you got a little bit of a uh, you know, sugar mama going on there. That's nice. Oh, but she kept on time, saying that. She kept on. She was proud. She's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm your sugar mama today." I'm like, okay, "Yeah, well, you I are. Mean, you are." I've never had that experience, so I don't know. I we were both my wife and I when we were dating. We're we're not with a lot of money, so because I would have first said, "We're not going to the domain. We're going to go to TJ Maxx, and we might run over here to Marshalls." Um, and we're, we're going to try to find the, the, the good deals on, uh, cause it, you know, and this is a little tip of the trade. If you ever get a, or, or now it's just all online. It just shows up at your door, but, uh, TJ Maxx, man, they've got, they got some brand names and you can get some really, really good deals. That's where I go to look, get good stuff, but I would not be hanging out in the Lululemon store because that's all quality material and workman quality clothing, but man, it is expensive. Oh, I'm wearing these and, pants. They're, they're $180 pants, but I, oh. I feel like I'm wearing, you know, like silk underwear all over my body. And they are comfortable. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have a pair. Of, you know what's funny about that is I'm wearing my one pair of Lululemon pants that I own uh, because they were donated to me by my, my mother. My mom bought them for my dad, and he didn't want them. He wouldn't wear them. So she, like several years ago, she gave them to me. So these are my Lululemon pants. They're very, very comfortable. I usually do after I shower and get ready in the morning. I do wear them because they're very comfortable. Uh, but they look nice. They're just like gray, you know, gray slacks-looking things and very form-fitting and nice. But, uh, yeah, that's nice of her, Ty. I mean, obviously, this is her... She likes you, and she wants her parents to like you, and she wants you to, uh, you know, you don't you don't want you to look like a ragamuffin when you show up to meet Mama. Uh, you need to be be looking sharp, and get your hair cut, and uh, all those kind of things. I, I see what she's doing. She's doing. She wants you to make a good first impression on, on with her parents. I get that. I know. I understand but that. She's I'm willing just, to pay for I'm it. I'm just worried. Yeah, and she's she's like, oh, it all comes back around. So I'm like, she's like, I'll buy this, and you can pay me back for this because we bought three different pairs of pants and like three different styles, and then I these finish. These these tennis shoes from this brand that's from Finland they're they're really cool but they were like two hundred fifty bucks and I'm like ah I've never bought a pair of two hundred fifty dollars shoes before and I, I was walking around I was like oh let me look at this sports coat and Neiman Marcus and it was three thousand dollars so I was like where am I right now this is it felt weird it's the first time I've ever gone shopping though and I was somewhat enjoying it though so that it was, it was a good day but I'm just a little worried about the 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 check whenever it comes here in a few weeks. It'll come down. You pay her back in increments too. We don't have to do it all at once, right? Just buy her dinners and buy her something nice, and uh, ever over the course of a few months. Oh yeah, that's the thing. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up, and she keeps on oh. saying she doesn't care about anything. She just wants to like hang out with me, and I'm like, well, you've you've set the bar pretty high here, and now I feel like I have to do. I have something in mind, but I feel like I have to do something even more now that she's. Well, look at the text blowing up. She's a keeper, buddy. Marry that girl, Ty. Ty, if this ends up in marriage, uh, that's your and hers, uh, vice versa, which is a good thing. Uh, this says, Ty, bro, that means you're dang near engaged, <laughs> which is kind of true. This says, Ty, uh, save the tags and return them when you get back home. You could do that. Or you just keep them because you do need some. You're 26 years old now. You do have to have some nice some nice clothes, right? I know. Um, yeah. And I've gotten I mean, a little that, bit fatter in the past few years, so all my nice stuff it does happen. doesn't it really does fit happen. me. That's right. Well, and, and but when you do go to TJ Maxx or Marshalls, I, those are the kind of the – now, I mean, if you really – if you go to, like, the Ross Dress for Less, I mean, that, that can get a little bit uh, – you know. 
But, you know, you can find some real nice clothes at some of those those stores. I mean, I'm telling you. But if you go off the rack at, at Neiman Marcus and uh, Lululemon in the domain, you're going to pay premium. There's no doubt Trust about me, that. Trust me, I'm usually shopping at, at Goodwill or a thrift store. So this, is, this was Ooh. a big upgrade for me. Okay. Well, every once in a while, it's nice to splurge. And I like that she, she likes you enough. I have not met this young lady, by the way, Ty, and for our audience to know. But uh, I like that she likes you enough that she wants you to make a good impression on her parents like she's made, you've made on her, right? She likes you for you, but she knows her parents are going to look at you a little crooked if you're wearing sweatpants and flip-flops and then, you know, have your hair all messed up. Because parents, that's how parents are, right? I mean, I would do the same thing with my kids. You just want to look somebody who's buttoned up and, you know, looks like they're heading in a good direction, which you are, but you've got to look the part, right? I mean, uh, as a communications major from St. Edwards University, Ty, you know, 91% of communication is nonverbal. 91% of your communication to other people is, is nonverbal, not what you say. Uh, I know how you look, how you appear, uh, how you act, all those things, body language. Uh, that's all communication. So that's obviously what she is uh, She's looking for. So good for her. And she paid for it. I like that. Yeah, she man. likes you, Ty. I, I know, man. I like her a lot, too. It says too. pay back with favors. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of favors? Well, you never know. Uh, favors is a broad t- broad subject or broad uh, description. Oh, right? maybe I'll just hit, a, I'll hit all my bets during the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll pay her <laughs> back you go. and more. <laughs> all the money you were going to spend on her, you put on gambling and you lost it all. So that could probably blow up in your face. Hey, let's get to the top stories and the headlines. Then we're going to uh, talk some Super Bowl. and We'll take your thoughts on Ty's uh, day of shopping with his sugar mom. I love that. Let's get to the news. Top stories brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment and their great new location there in Buda, Texas, USA, America. Let's start with the Super Bowl. And Kansas City Chiefs and 49ers held their first on-field workouts yesterday in advance of the big game Sunday. Kansas City is the home team for this game, so they are practicing at the Vegas Raiders' new state-of-the-art new uh, practice facility there in Vegas. Uh, the visiting 49ers are over at the UNLV campus there. And early yesterday, several 49ers players reported that the practice surface the field there was soft, and they were, they were going through their walkthroughs. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan originally expressed some concern, but at Super Bowl opening night last night, he said the team does not intend to alter where or how they'll practice this week. They're good over at UNLV. Uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, during his State of the League press conference yesterday, announced that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will host the league's first ever game in Brazil during week one of the 2024 regular season. That game will take place Friday night, September the 6th at Corinthians Arena in Sao Paulo, which has hosted multiple games, of course, and big games, including the 2014 World Cup. Their opponent and kickoff time for that game will be announced at a later date. In college hoops, another night, another big upset in the Big 12. Kansas State guard Tyler Perry, not the actor, the point guard, he scored eight of his 26 points in overtime as the Wildcats took down fourth-ranked Kansas 75-70 to on Big Monday in Manhattan. It's the three, and it was the 300th all-time matchup between those in-state rivals. Uh, four games on the Big 12 schedule tonight, including here in Austin, where Texas plays host to 15th-ranked Iowa State. Be the Longhorns' sixth straight game against a ranked opponent. They've gone three and two so far. Iowa State's coming off that uh, loss at Waco on Saturday night. On Saturday, uh, That game will tip at 7 this evening. Also tonight, Houston hosting Oklahoma State. BYU's at OU. And in the game of the night, outside of Austin, it's uh, 13th-ranked Baylor hosting 23rd-ranked Texas Tech. Both teams are 5-3 and three in Big 12 play. Uh, also from Texas basketball, during a Zoom availability yesterday, Longhorns head coach Rodney Terry revealed that former Texas guard and three-time EuroLeague Euro champion Doge Balbay has been working with the program since he retired from professional basketball back in December. Balbay played three seasons for the Longhorns, you remember, from 2008 to 2011. He was one of the best defenders in the Big 12 and all of college basketball while he was here. Texas says Balbay does not have a specific title, not an official staff member, but he's coming to work with Terry's Coach Terry's program in support and in a support capacity. One score from the NBA, Mavericks topped the Joel Embiid list 76ers last night in Philly, 118-102. 
And as we mentioned from baseball, the KC Royals and their young shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. have agreed on an 11-year, nearly $300 million contract extension, largest contract in Royals history for the 23-year-old Texan. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Said this if 91% of the communication is nonverbal, then I'm missing a lot of this show. That's true. We do have to get back to having cameras tie for the program so people can watch us, see us as we do it. Well, we're working towards that. We'll have that, that done our... once I get back. The week I get back, we'll get that done. Okay, good. That's, that's partly um, on me, I will say. Because, yes. Well, if you think about non uh, communication tight, a lot of it is nonverbal. I mean, we just the look on somebody's face, right? You know, their, their, their clothes and appearance sends a message when you see them for the first time, right? I mean, it just does. And uh, uh, body language is huge uh, when it comes to communication. Just uh, looking uh, someone in the eyes when you're talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and it communicates a lot of different things, right? But that's, uh, that's good. This is, pay, this is uh, Academy is the man store. Yeah, Academy's got some good stuff. I do like Academy. Um, she's, she, the, uh, she's, she enjoys the, the finer things in life, I will say that. So I'm, I'm going to have to figure out, a, get a side hustle or something going on here. Side hustle. I like that. I need to get some more money. (laughs) Well, she's setting you up. Um, I I, I guess I've always been a bargain hunter growing up. I mean, because I never had money to. I've always told the story when when all my friends were buying the designer uh, sneakers, the the, the Air Jordans, and the the, the nice tennis shoes. My parents had a limit, right? I, they, they would give me $50 for shoes. And if I wanted more than $50, because as my dad would, mom would say, there you can find a perfectly good pair of shoes for $50 that will look great. And so, but if I wanted the shoes I wanted, I had to earn the extra whatever it was to buy the shoes. That was always the kind of the way it worked. So I kind of grew up with that uh, mindset. So, yeah, I'm, I was always big on the well, – because the thing about it, I mean, I'm not doing commercials for TJ Maxx, but if you go to TJ Maxx, what you'll find – is they have designer clothes like the names, the brand names she likes, but they're kind of the, uh, you know, the, they did, what, however they end up at TJ Maxx, and they they're they didn't the do well of what they were. They didn't do well in the other the big. Yeah, however, however that that market works where they don't sell at the original spot, so they pass them down, and TJ Maxx buys them and then sells them at a lower price and still makes a profit. Uh, but really, I mean, brand names like absolute brand names that you would find in the domain if you go to a place like TJ Maxx. There's other, well, I don't want to call them discount stores. I don't even know what they're called, but you can find Marshalls. A, yeah, those are the stores. Marshalls, TJ Maxx is, is my go-to. You can even go to Ty. What is it? The uh, um, gosh, well, well, I'll think of it here coming up. But uh, not Neiman Marcus, but they have the uh, the Nordstrom Rack. The, uh, Nordstrom Rack, like Nordstrom Rack. It's kind of like uh, not Nordstrom, but the Nordstrom, little bit cheaper. It's not like TJ Maxx cheap, but it's a little bit cheaper. So yeah, good stuff. Shopping with Ty and his girlfriend yesterday on their way to their trip because Ty will be out. Brock, Brock will be in tomorrow. Uh, moving forward because Ty is going to be gone until next week. Rod will be back tomorrow because Rod's had his wisdom teeth out. Hopefully. Uh, let's, play, let's talk some Super Bowl here, Ty, and get folks ready for this game. I know that, I mean, there's already anticipation. I heard Roger Goodell yesterday. I watched a lot of his uh, State of the League news conference. There really is anticipation that uh, this will be the most watched Super Bowl maybe by a lot because of the names in it, right? Obviously, you've got Patrick Mahomes back for a fourth time. Uh, he's become the face of the NFL uh, the 49ers are an all-time NFL brand with the Niners logo. I mean, just all the history of what they've done. And obviously the star power on their team with Christian McCaffrey and uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and their head coach. And a rematch, also a rematch of Super Bowl 54. But then, yes, I mean, I know people are, are tired of the Taylor Swift thing, but you talk Taylor Swift, that's a big factor. I mean, that, uh, and that brings a lot of audience. And people want to know if Taylor Swift's going to make it from the uh, – from the uh, 
uh, you know, trip into China or to China to Tokyo, to Japan, to have her concerts to be here. It, it just, ha- I mean, there's no question it's a factor. But I would say how big of a factor we're not sure. You know, Ty, the uh, the AFC Championship game set a record for viewership, right? Uh, most views. Of course, Taylor Swift was at that game, but. You know, the, the rating for the NFC Championship game that did not include Taylor Swift with Detroit and San Francisco was right there next to it. Uh, didn't, it wasn't that big of an impact. But for a game like this where it draws so much casual audience and so many casual fans, I, I do think this has a chance to be far and away the most watched uh, game ever and TV show by, by a long shot. Uh, records will be set in this game. But uh, let's hear Travis Kelsey talking about his girlfriend Taylor Swift at Super Bowl opening night last night. He was asked about her, uh, her night at the Grammys where she won – the fourth time she was uh, awarded the best album. Also had another big Grammy. She won two more. And here was Travis Kelsey. He was not in attendance at the uh, Grammys on Sunday night. She's, uh, she's unbelievable. She's, uh, she's rewriting the history books herself. Uh, I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home with some hardware too. I mean... I- I don't know if I brought too much to the game. I think I, I just go out there and have fun. You know, um, Taylor has an unbelievable fan base that uh, that follows her and supports her throughout her life. And uh, it's been fun to kind of gather the Swifties in the Chiefs kingdom and uh, open them up to uh, the, the football world and the sports world. And it's been cool to just experience all that. There you go. There is uh, Travis Kelsey uh, rooting on his girlfriend for the uh, Grammy Awards. I thought that was pretty cool. And I wanted to play this, too, from Super Bowl opening night because it's, uh, you know, one of the key factors in this game is going to be uh, 49ers linebacker Fred Warner. Fred Warner is one of the better linebackers in all of pro football uh, and, a, and a heartbeat of that San Francisco defense. And he's going to be, you know, in large measure, a lot of times responsible for Travis Kelsey. And if you saw the uh, AFC Championship game, early in the game when Travis Kelsey and Patrick Holmes were torching the Ravens' top-rated defense, you know, it was a lot of zone defense. And, and as we said, Travis Kelsey's really good, uh, elite, uh, uh, all-time great at finding holes in zones. And, you know, he and Patrick Mahomes, speaking of nonverbal communication, uh, his ability to, to read his player and, and realize when he's going to set down in a zone is really what makes them real hard to stop, which is why I think, Ty, there's going to be a lot of man coverage here. They're going to try to – because I mean, my, my, this is the, the most obvious thing. Your, your number one goal has to be to stop Travis Kelsey or at least minimize Travis Kelsey as much as possible against this Chiefs offense and make somebody else beat you. Um, you cannot let him, like the Ravens did, you know, become the focal point. Uh, it was only 17 points. That's all they scored. So it wasn't like the Ravens' defense played poorly. But you're off. The Ravens' offense played so bad, they they needed you know better. But you cannot let Travis Kelsey roam through your secondary without coverage, which is why I think you'll see a lot of man defense, which could lead to a lot of Fred Warner. You were a defensive guy. How would you approach slowing down Travis Kelsey in this this Chiefs offense? Um, I I, I don't know if you can. I don't think we've really seen it be done. I mean, I know he's slowing down. He hasn't been as productive this year, but he seems to show up when it really matters when the when the big lights are on. So I. would I don't know. I'd, I'd maybe play man. I'd, I'd, uh, is Willie Gay playing? Uh, well, look, I think if you go back and watch the Ravens game, once they fell behind 14 nothing, they went to a lot of man. It was Kyle Hamilton, their all-pro safety, who was the guy that uh, was kind of shadowing him and did a great job and minimized Trip Kelsey for you know, mo- most of the rest of the way, but the damage had been done. Do you put a linebacker Ra- or a DB on him, though? Well, that's, what, yeah, that's, what, that's the problem. And I think George Kittle presents the same thing, as I mentioned in What the Facts. Both of these tight ends are elite, and they both stress your defense. Uh, now, I do think the Niners have more weapons around the tight end, 
at this point with, with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and obviously Christian McCaffrey. But the key for the Chiefs is going to be Isaiah Pacheco. Can they come in and run the football on the edges? As Rod talked about, the, the Niners are susceptible to edge running, and we saw the, the, uh, the Lions do it at will for most of that game. Uh, we saw the Green Bay Packers get the edge a lot on the Niners. That's going to be the factor in this game. And this is a more physical running Chiefs team than we've seen. And Isaiah Pacheco, their back, is a big part of that. But I wanted to play this for the Houston Texans fans out there. This is uh, Fred Warner, who I do think is going to have a, a integral role in that Travis Kelsey game plan. Here's Fred Warner, but he was asked about uh, D'Amico Ryans who is the, uh, the new head coach in Houston. He's a strong candidate for coach of the year with what he did with Houston in year one to win the division and win a playoff game. But uh, for Fred Warner, who worked with D'Amico as a linebackers coach and a defensive coordinator in San Francisco, uh, no surprise at all that D'Amico had the success that he had. Here's, uh, here's Fred Warner. D'Amico Ryan's is coaching have on your game. And what did you make of the success that he was able to have in his first year as a head coach? Um, I'm not the Fred Warner you see up here today without D'Amico Ryan's. He's everything. He's truly everything to my development as a player, uh, as a man, and uh, I'm, in, I'm forever indebted to him. I'm, I'm not surprised by the way that they had the success that they had over in Houston this year because uh, I knew he was going to build a culture right away uh, of them doing the right, the right stuff the right way. Uh, they happened to drafted a really talented quarterback who is going to be their leader of the future, and I'm uh, really happy for him. All right, that's pretty awesome if you're a Texans fan. I mean, you hear that from everybody, but, uh, you know, Fred Warner, there's a, a you know, grown, grown man, uh, an all-pro at linebacker saying, without that in person, I'm not here. There, there's no Fred Warner without D'Amico Ryans for what he taught me about playing linebacker in this league and, you know, the man I've become. I mean, that, that is really, really high praise. And uh, Texans have themselves a good one in D'Amico Ryans, without a doubt, who was, of course, a part of that staff when they were – in the Super Bowl four years ago. Uh, all right, good stuff right there from the Super Bowl. We'll take your thoughts. What is the uh, Travis Kelsey game plan? Uh, what is the George Kittle game plan? That becomes big in this football game. Also, Ty, we've got to play the uh, – there, there is – you talk about prodigies in sports, right, whether it's golf or, you know, baseball, football, whatever it might be. I, we find, I think we found last night at NFL's uh, and the Super Bowl's opening night a broadcasting prodigy. I think we have uncovered one. We'll let you hear a little bit of that from you. And we'll also take your, your texts and thoughts on the big game and all that's going on. Also got to get back into this Big 12 basketball. We talked last hour to Ari Temkin uh, from Sirius XM's Big 12 Radio. Really good conversation about uh, the Big 12 and where it's going. Huge game tonight. We'll preview it. Texas and Iowa State, one of those got to have it. Texas wins. You, you can't you know, continue this roller coaster where you, you look great against TCU. Um, nearly beat Houston in overtime, but then, you know, you come home and, and can't defend your home floor against an Iowa State team that uh, is coming off a loss to Baylor. Got to win tonight. We'll preview that coming up. Plus, bullish or BS for the end of the hour. We are absolutely loaded on this uh, busy Tuesday. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. On Hook'em Up, that is uh, now the late Toby Keith, who passed away overnight after a battle with stomach cancer. Sad news to wake up to this morning, no doubt Ty is uh, bringing it back. This uh, on the music track on our text line, we appreciate all the messages coming in. They're coming in by the uh, by the droves here at 447-3776 on Ty's shopping conversation and the uh, the Super Bowl. This says, E is such a Swifty. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Swifty. 
not really. You know, I was looking. I have uh, I have thousands of songs in my my Apple Music time. I, don't, I have one Taylor Swift song in all my songs. I've probably got two, three thousand songs. I have one. Uh, I think it's called Lover, and it was one it was my kids' uh, wedding song when they got married a couple years ago or a year and a half ago. So uh, that's the one Taylor Swift song I have that I can look, that can uh, put into a playlist or whatnot. So not really a Swifty. I just uh, I'm not bothered like a lot of folks are about her appearance of football games and the conversation surrounding her. She is one of the uh, she is the biggest pop star in the world right now and, and you know superstar and she does uh, crossover into football without a doubt. Uh, but so this says, guys, the biggest issue with Taylor Swift getting to Vegas will be the airport. There are currently no landing spots. The airport is full. You're likely to need to land somewhere else and drive. Well, I think they'll figure that out for her. Uh, the, the suggestions for you, Ty, are coming in. Ty should go to Burlington, Ross, uh, Burlington Coat Factory, Ross, etc. There you go. I like that. Yeah, I should. Uh, that didn't happen. By the way, I also, we talking about Vegas, you know, gosh, Five years ago, even Vegas being considered for a Super Bowl would have been farcical, right? This would never happen. That you're not, we're not doing a Super Bowl in Vegas. That's that's the gambling city. Uh, but even Roger Goodell yesterday was just blown away by so far the 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 the, the you know what what Vegas has done. And there's already talk in NFL circles that Vegas is going to be put on the short list of the Super Bowl rotation. You know, I, I was in Vegas with my two sons when the, they had the draft there a couple of years ago, the NFL draft. It was great. It was, I mean, I, I came home going, man, they should have the draft there every year. It was an absolute blast. Uh, but, you know, and, and as Roger Goodell said yesterday, Vegas is, it, it, you know, you can gamble there, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an event town now. It really is. I mean, you certainly can gamble, but you can go to Vegas, not play a sim- place a simple, a, 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 even a wager, and have a heck of a lot of fun. And certainly when you surround it with a game like the Super Bowl, and all that goes on, I think it's pretty cool. So uh, we'll continue to take your thoughts. Here, here you go, Ty. Can I play this for you? And our audience, I, I saw this last night live, and I had to play it back. Let me play two pieces of audio. First off, this was on NFL Network, and I think it's Nate Burleson. He's interviewing a young sportscaster, sports broadcaster, and I, I say that in, in, all, in all honesty. He's 11 years old. His name is Jeremiah Fennel. Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Fennel, Ty. So play this first short one because here's Nate Burleson asking him why Jeremiah is at um, Super Bowl opening night and why he chose sportscasting as his profession. Well, I started to do this at the age of seven years old because I wasn't able to play sports due to some medical issues, but I still like the sports environment, so I decided to hone my craft in journalism at the age of seven. And I started my YouTube channel and yes I do think that I can um, keep this as a career because I do still love the sport and I do know a lot about it so I think that interviewing people could be a long a long career for me oh my goodness that was amazing MJ right, there, you you there is uh, the young Jeremiah Fennel who chose he's 11 he chose to become a sportscaster at seven when he wasn't allowed to play sports because of some medical issues I'm not sure why that was glitching but he said in there Ty that he knows a lot about the sport. And I know a lot of people will hear that and kind of roll their eyes a little bit and think, oh, come on, he's 11 years old. What can he know about the sport? But you got to see this kid. He's a little black kid. He's as cute as he can be. He's got these great big eyes. He's wearing a tie tie. He's got his, his blue, blue uh, button-down shirt and his tie on. And listen to this. This is a little bit long, but it's pretty. it tells you the, the knowledge he has. This is he and Patrick Mahomes. He's standing right next to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is sitting at his little podium there. And uh, here's you know, young 11-year-old Jeremiah Fennel interviewing and then playing a fun fantasy game with the Chiefs star quarterback. Hi, Patch. Hi, Patrick. My name is Jeremiah. I'm an 11-year-old local journalist, and I'm here with the NFL Network. It is an honor and privilege to be speaking with you today. It's great meeting you, Jeremiah. 
So, you know what's crazy? I had a whole list of questions that I wanted to ask you, but now that I'm up here on the podium, I don't even want to ask them anymore. Because, let's be real, this is your fourth time going to the Super Bowl, which means that this is your fourth opening night event. And if you look around, all of these reporters waiting to interview you, I want to have a little bit of fun first before all the chaos begins. So is that okay? Let's do it, man. So I want to build a fantasy team, but on two conditions. The rules are simple. We both have you as our quarterback since you're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm -hmm. And the second rule is that you can't pick anyone that's on the current Chiefs roster, but you can pick players that are current or all-time players in the NFL. Okay. So rules, Sounds good. Rules good? Sounds good. All right. So who's going to pick first? Me or you? You got first. All right. Uh, let's do running back. I'll pick Barry Sanders. Oh, right. Barry Sanders? Do I, you took uh, – I'm doing Earl Campbell. Okay. Wide receiver number one. Um, Randy Moss for me. Dang it. Okay, uh, I got Jerry Rice. Okay, okay. Wide receiver number two. Whew, wide receiver number two. Uh, let me go with... I'll go with Tyreek Hill. All right, give me Calvin Johnson. All right, wide receiver number three. Gosh, wide receiver number three, wide receiver number three. Um, let me go with Jamar Chase. Okay, um... This is hard. I didn't. I didn't think you was gonna pick Randy Moss. You took my pick. Um, give me Devontae Adams. Okay, nice, nice pick, nice pick. Okay, tight end. I can't pick Travis. Are you sure? I'm sure. Um, I'll, I'll take uh, Rob Gronkowski. God. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll have Antonio Gates. Okay, nice pick. Great pick. Okay, so now we're going to move on to defense. Okay. Okay, so safety. Uh, I got um, Brian Dawkins. Give me Sean Taylor. Okay, great. All right, pick. other safety. Um, let me go. You took you took Sean Taylor. Um, let me go Ed Reed. Okay, dang, that was a good pick. Um, I'll put Charles Woodson in the back. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Okay, cornerback number one. Deion Sanders, easy. Uh, <laughs> all right, Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey, great pick. Uh, Darrell Revis, Revis Island. Um. Dang it, he took Deion Sanders. I thought, ah, my God. He keeps, why do you keep taking my picks? Um, <laughs> you know what? Give me Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson. I've talked to a bunch of wide receivers, and they always say that they hated Garden going up against Rod Woodson. I got you now. Um, let's go defensive end. Um, are we counting Lawrence Taylor as a DN or outside linebacker? Outside linebacker. Okay, then I will go with Reggie White. Uh, Michael Strahan. Great pick, great pick. All right. Other defensive other, other defensive Um, I'm trying to think of a current guy that I can go with. I'm, I'm taking Vaughn Miller and I'm putting him at DN. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm taking Max Crosby. Man, I hate playing that guy. I hate <laughs> playing that guy, so I understand. <laughs> All right. Defensive tackle. De Vince Wilfork. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, give me Warren Sapp. Great pick. Um, and then other tackle um let me go with Aaron Donald oh okay um that's hard you 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 why he can't take my picks because yeah. I had I was ready and then I, I was thinking dang who we got yeah, I mean you're testing my knowledge right now of football I know that <laughs> I was gonna pick Chris Jones because he's on the Chiefs but I can't yeah, you, you can take him I just can't take him nice nah, for both of us so uh, the rules are fair um Give me Cameron Hayward. Cam Hayward, great pick. Great pick, man. All right. And then. What do we got left? Linebackers? 
Uh, yeah. All right, give me Lawrence Taylor. You just you see how he snuck Lawrence Taylor after I just said. Uh, no, let's go with uh, Ray Lewis. All right, Brian Erlacher. All right, all right. Give me Zach Thomas, Texas Tech, all new Hall of Famer. I like that right there. All right, so we've picked all of our players. Who had the best team, honestly? You got a great team, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. You got a great team, so um, I'm gonna give you the win. All right, there we go. There we go, Ty. Good stuff right there. Well, young uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Fennel. Remember the name because you heard it here first. That kid's going to be a star. How about that? He, how about uh, Patrick Mahomes goes Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell for his running back, Ty. You like that? Like that team? Yeah, there was a lot of Texas influence in there. And I, and I got to say, that, that kid is probably better than I ever will be. At, 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 <laughs> I know, at, right? at my, he could do my job but 10 times better than me. I guarantee you that. Golly, he's 11. And he's like pulling out uh, Champ Bailey. And then how about the little quote he had there when he said, I've talked to a lot of wide receivers who said they had a hard time with Rod Woodson. So I'll go with Rod Woodson. So it's he's a humble 11. brag already... by him right there. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was shrewd. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of Longhorn fans are excited to hear Patrick Mahomes taking Earl Campbell. That would, that's a little off the nose, right? Who would take Earl? You're thinking best running back. Uh, you might, uh, you know, he, he took Barry Sanders, but you could have gone Emmett Smith, but Earl Campbell, the Tyler Rose. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is from East Texas, so that seems to make a little bit of sense. Um, you know, Beast Texas taking Beast Texas. And he takes the Texas Tech linebacker. Uh, Zach Thomas. Did, did Zach Thomas just into the Hall of Fame. So pretty cool. That was great. And, yeah, you got to go. If you can find that video, it'll be going you know, viral. That kid is 11 years old. And has a lot of knowledge, and he's pretty smooth. Ty, how about the interviewing style? There's no, there's no stuttering. He just—that's what I'm saying. That's that was better than anything I've ever done in my life, and it was on the biggest stage possible with the, you know, probably one of the, could be the greatest quarterback of all time. Very impressive. Yeah, uh, this is yeah. Mahomes is basically from Tyler, so that makes sense. That's true. That's true. He's from White House, White House, Texas. Uh, there you go. Uh, but there was young Jer- Jer- Jeremiah Fennel, so remember the name. Yeah, that could be a guy to, uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, also, Super Bowl coming up. We also have coaching carousels. We played it earlier, but uh, Dan Quinn yesterday announced the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury, uh, speaking of Texas Tech, to be his new offensive coordinator. And we played the sound earlier, Ty, but uh, Bear's repeating that Dan Quinn was asked about why Cliff Kingsbury. And it is interesting that when, Cliff King- when uh, Dan Quinn was hired in Atlanta, uh, after leading the Legion of Boom defense in Seattle to a couple of Super Bowls, and they won one of those. Would have won two if they had handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Um, you know, he then gets the Atlanta head coaching job, and his first hire was Kyle Shanahan to be his offensive coordinator. And yesterday in Washington, while introducing Cliff Kingsbury, he said uh, having competed against Cliff in, in college and then in the pros, uh, he, like Kyle Shanahan, was always a guy I had a real hard time with. He, he makes it really tough on a defensive coordinator. And so when he got the, an opportunity, he was looking for somebody like that, and his choice was Cliff. And, uh, you know, that leads to, you know, remember, if you go back to last Friday, everyone assumed, and all the reporting was, that Cliff Kingsbury was going to go to Vegas and, and coach the Vegas offense. And what do you know, it was Dan Quinn and the, and the commanders that come in and, and win, that, win that sweepstakes and uh, bring him there. That's high praise, Ty, uh, because we see what Kyle Shanahan has going on, gone on to be, right? He's gone on to be, you know, one of the best coaches, and he's trying to, you know, finish off a, a Super Bowl for the first time. But offensively, there's not much better, not many better than, than, than Kyle and all of his, his – his, uh, his coaches have, on his tree have gone on to be head coaches all over this league now. Uh, there's Dan Quinn saying that, that, that Cliff Kingsbury reminds him of a, of a Kyle Shanahan. That's the, what the Cowboys have to deal with is the Cowboys are planning to hire their new defensive coordinator, Ty, and they're going to talk to uh, Ron Rivera, and they're going to talk to uh, Mike Zimmer. You know, that's what you'll, you'll have to deal with Washington, whoever they draft, and then Cliff Kingsbury twice a year. Uh, and and uh, 
you know, Dan Quinn and what they do on the defensive side in Washington. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, you're going to be dealing with Kellen Moore, your former offensive coordinator, and Vic Fangio uh, coaching the defense. Uh, and I, I think if Washington can get the right personnel in, the right quarterback, and I, I do think they're angling themselves to try to get Caleb Williams. I could, I could see them trading multiple picks to, to, to swap to that, that number one pick, just with the Cliff Kingsbury influence there now. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see some of our former former coaches go up against them because I definitely uh, was not the biggest fan of Kellen Moore whenever he departed, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more scared to go up against Dan, Twin, Dan Quinn and Joe Woods' defense every year. I think, I think they're, the, the Washington already has a decent amount of uh, talent on, the, on that side of the ball, even with losing Chase Young and Montez Sweat this year. So I, I think he could do something similar like a turnaround-wise to what he did in Dallas in the past few years. Yeah, that is uh, – it's interesting because, look, I'm, I'm – look, Kellen Moore, the numbers when he was in, were in Dallas were – They are fantastic. Yeah. yeah, they led the NFL in scoring like three times. But he the never got it done when it, 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 it was him and Dak, but it seemed like the, pay, the play calling kind of went into a cowardly corner well, in, the, look, in the biggest well, spots. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, this is the – here's the thing. Uh, and that was going to be my point. Like, Kellen Moore's offenses in the regular season were great. Now, they weren't – Dak Prescott, you know, had his big interception season. There was also a year in there when he got hurt. But um, – you know, the, the idea was Mike McCarthy was going to get the better version of Dak Prescott. And, yes, uh, this year, throwing the football touchdowns intercept, to interception ratio, you know, passing yards, C.D. Lamb's emergence as, the, as a, one of the top receivers, you give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit. But guess what? Just like Kellen Moore, they both you know, dealt with the same playoff fate because you had to deal with Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, that becomes my question. And I don't have a certainty on Kellen Moore. I will say Kellen Moore's uh, you know, numbers, while in Dallas, speak for themselves. I mean, the total points uh, led the league. Uh, they run the they ran the ball better with Kellen Moore. I think they spread the ball around a little bit better. Um, and you know, Mike McCarthy came in and did put his his slant on it and bent on it, and they had a really good regular season offense. Uh, which is why I think it begs the question: Is Dak, which I believe I've, I've given my opinion to many times, that Dak is the bigger problem, right? In, in the biggest moments, he doesn't rise to the occasion. He doesn't rise and, and raise everybody's level. He actually shrinks to big moments and big pressure moments. And that there's no offensive coordinator can fix that. Um, you know, they can't get out there and play. Kellen Moore had to deal with Dak on two, you know, two back-to-back playoff appearances, and now Mike McCarthy you know, had to deal with it this year when they got uh, hammered by the, pay- by the Packers. So, you know, that's where you are. But for Kellen Moore, we'll see. I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, you know, you're now hiring a defensive coordinator that is going to face Cliff Kingsbury twice a year with whatever Washington drafts, and then, you know, now Kellen Moore, who's your former offensive coordinator. So that has to be because Jerry Jones is talking about hiring a home run hire. As Rod always talks about as a football theorist, you've got to hire somebody that matches up well with those guys, right? You know, one of the reasons the Seattle Seahawks hired Mike McDonald uh, over Dan Quinn and over some others is they wanted someone who has a great grasp of that Mick Shanahan offense that Rod calls it, right? The Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan offense, and Rod's giving you the numbers that Mike McDonald is the defense coordinator in Baltimore did a great job of shutting down that offense and holding down that offense. And if you're in Seattle, you're going to face that offense four times a year with the Rams and the 49ers. You're now in a Cowboy situation, same thing. You're going to now deal with Cliff Kingsbury uh, and Kellen Moore uh, as, your, as your primary divisional opponents. So you better hire a coordinator who's, uh, who's ready to handle that, and that's going to be the question. I don't want just a name if I'm a Cowboys fan. You know, Ron Rivera, fine. But as Rod has pointed out, he hasn't you know, actually called defensive plays in quite a while. He's been a head coach in Carolina and Washington. It's been a while since he's done that role. Uh, Mike Zimmer is one that makes sense at 67 years old. Uh, or because it, it's not a name, you got to hire somebody that can really coach. And uh, 
And I, maybe Mike Vrabel is one that we would be interesting. Did you see and the report s- that came out about, my, about Mike Vrabel yesterday? Yeah, I'm going to do that in Bullish or BS <laughs> here coming up. I'll do that with you. That'll be a topic. But, yeah, Mike Vrabel, you know, is he the guy who kind of – because, look, Dan Quinn had lost his job in Atlanta after they won, got to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, Matt Ryan got old and things went south and Kyle Shanahan left and he got fired. Uh, and, but, you know, he came to Dallas to kind of rehab it, his, his image, and now he's back as a head coach. You wonder if a guy like Mike Vrabel would want to take that route. I do think Mike Zimmer would be a guy that, you know, he's coming in. I don't know that Mike Zimmer at 67, 68 years old is wanting to be a head coach again. I think he would come in just to run the Cowboys' defense and might actually be there for a while, my, uh, Ty, uh, running that defense for – uh, Mike McCarthy. So we'll see. We'll follow that. But that's what you're dealing with now in Washington and in Philadelphia. And I thought it was interesting that Dan Quinn compared his hiring of Cliff Kingsbury to his hiring of, of Kyle Shanahan when he was in Atlanta. We'll come back. We'll play some bullish or BS. We'll put that uh, Mike Vrabel report on the table. Uh, one of the sillier things you'll see. Also some other bullish and BS conversations. we got a lot to do. It's a busy Tuesday. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan. Rod Beavers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, Ty is rolling on with the Toby Keith tributes this morning after his uh, passing overnight. Sad to hear, 62 years old. Uh, I know that uh, you and Eric Raines, our friend from Coke FM, our sister station, had a conversation about Toby this morning. I know there's a lot of stories out there about him and uh, Toby Keith, only 62. But uh, that's a good one right there. You said you grew up and listening to that car, in, that in your, in your grandpa's truck. Is that right? Uncle's. Uncle's truck. Uncle's. Yeah. Uncle's truck. All right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Those, those songs you hear when you're a kid that you're probably being played by a parent or a brother or an uncle, and they just stick with you. Uh, the 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 country star Luke Combs said that when he did the uh, when he covered the song "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman, and those two did that incredible duet on the Grammys on Saturday night. And he said that's where he heard it. He heard it in his dad's pickup truck driving around, and it just became embedded in his uh, musical mind. And when he did, uh, put, you know, become a pretty big star out in uh, up in Nashville, he wanted to put that on a, on a record, and it ended up being a number one hit. And they they did that uh, duet the other night. Uh, with Tracy Chapman, that was pretty awesome. Uh, all right, Ty, some uh, some bullish or BS, and this you mentioned this, and I wanted to mention it in in our in our segment here because this is amazing. I don't know, I, I'm probably going to call BS on this, but I, you know, nothing will surprise me anymore. But Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, maybe a candidate to be the Cowboys' defensive coordinator now, Ty. Uh, but he's not going to be a head coach because after being let go in Tennessee, uh, all eight eight jobs were filled, and he wasn't one of them. But uh, speaking on the athletic football show on Monday, NFL insider Diana Russini said she was told at the Senior Bowl that Brable's large physical build played a factor in him not finding a head coaching position. She said, quote, I don't think there was a fit for him. I don't think he sat in front of any owner who thought that his style was going to work for what they were looking for. And she went on to say, I had a GM at the Senior Bowl who mentioned to me that Brable's physical build that he's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to people in an organization that are going to be part of these decisions, and that is a factor. Uh, Rabel stands at 6'4", 260 pounds. So do you, are you bullish or BS on this, that uh, Mike Rabel's intimidating physique and size was part of the reason why he did not land a head coaching job? That's the softest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Get... I, there's no way, right? It's the NFL. It's all about big humans. Yes, 
That's the league, right? I mean, you talk about being, uh, I, mean, you, there, I mean, people get labeled as being racist because they won't hire someone because of skin color, if that's even the case. But you can be a sizist. You can't not hire somebody because of their size, right? <laughs> because they're intimidating. Come on, man. Uh, I, th- I thought in today's coach. society we were promoting, you know, larger people. Well, I mean, he's, he's just I, – I think what she's saying is, and we also – if you tie the together that with the reports that in Tennessee he couldn't get along with his general managers, and, you know, he can be a bit of a hothead, and uh, that can be intimidating when you're, you're, you're trying to collaborate and make decisions and you got somebody that, uh, you know, is, is physically intimidating. I don't know. I'm just trying to When it comes to a, a defense coordinator, that's kind of what you want, though. It's kind of – that was Dan Quinn's kind of his thing, just the energy is always high. Yeah, energy high, but – you know, I mean, gosh, a lot of intense coaches. There's a lot of intimidating coaches, I believe. Now, you know, Mike McDaniel there in uh, Miami's not one of them. Um, you know, Andy Reid's a big guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's rounder, but at the same time, big dude. I'm just I, – I, I read that, and I know you did too. A lot of people are going, really? I mean, she also said, I feel like age was a factor. These 48, <laughs> they were looking for younger coaches. What? Well, and when is 48 old? I don't know um, – because I, I think the conversation on that podcast was about that, that people are surprised that Mike Vrabel didn't land one of these jobs after the success he had in, in Tennessee. And, um, you know, that did he even reasons, interview? Yeah, he did. He interviewed a lot of places. Okay. I know he interviewed in Seattle. He interviewed in, uh, in Atlanta a couple times. He interviewed, Atlanta he interviewed, interviewed everybody, though. They did. They interviewed a lot of folks. Well, look, that's what the Senior Bowl is about, right? They – all the GMs, everybody's there, and you know, then they go out and have you know dinners and drinks afterwards after the practices, and that's, you do get a lot of stories like that where you know, Brian Brabel. You know, the better way to say that, if you're Diane Rossini, is maybe he didn't come off right, maybe he came off a little intimidating, and uh, you know, don't don't say he was because his physical size. Uh, you know, some people just when you interview them, they they come off you know a certain way. I mentioned earlier, you know, ninety plus percent of your your communication is nonverbal. I mean, if it's if you got to work with this person and you're the general manager or you're the owner and, you know, you're intimidated by that person or they try to intimidate you, maybe that will be an off uh, turnoff. But at the same time, uh, it shouldn't be a reason that you wouldn't, you know, hire a successful coach and what he's done. But that, that was interesting. So bullish or BS on that. How about this, Ty? I know this is something you would think about. This is a social media question that's going around. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about money earlier in your shopping spree with your girlfriend. Here's a question being asked. Would you risk having the hiccups for the rest of your life for a 50-50 chance to win a billion dollars, Ty? Bullish or BS? How bad are the hiccups? And well, how hiccups. frequent are they? Rest of your life. Every, are we so, talking like every 30 <laughs> seconds, every minute? No. Someone on social media has asked, and people are, are That's a good one. become a viral thing. If you were offered to, to flip a coin, and if you're right on a 50-50 proposition, you would get a billion dollars. If you're wrong, you're going to have the hiccups for the rest of your life. Can Would I, you flip the coin? Can I? Who was the? Uh, who who was in sports recently that had the hiccups that wouldn't go away? Ooh, didn't we? Uh, that was like last year. It was an older player. I, I remember it was it Bo Jackson. Yeah, it was, it was Bo with, Jackson. With Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't. Well, could I? I couldn't get it. I'm. A, I'm guessing the rules of not being able to fix it medically. Like I, I couldn't do that with my billion yeah. dollars. I would it's probably do a, it. I would do. It. I mean, a billion dollars is a lot of money. I could change yeah. a lot of lives, not not just in mine. Yeah, that, that my becomes family. the yeah. the philosophical question you have to ask yourself. Okay, if you don't win it, you didn't get the billion, and now you got the hiccups. Could you learn to live with it? I don't know, man. That's big. You got to think about that for a minute. People will learn the, to live with a lot worse, though. Yeah, you're right about that. But you didn't get anything for it. 
Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I guess I, the the, <laughs> the, thought of, of the thought of what I could have had if I if I flip if I picked tails and went heads and yeah that 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 thought would probably be worse to live with than the hiccups itself. Well, fifty seven percent of people asked would take the chance and flip the coin. That's it. Forty three percent said no way, not doing it. I would do it for sure. I think I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, that's you know, fifty-fifty is pretty good, though. I mean, how many? I mean, uh, chances in your life you're going to have a fifty-fifty chance to be to make a billion dollars. I mean, what do you got? Twenty-five, thirty years left. I mean, you could if if you got it and you had the hiccups, you could you could help the your family. The hiccups are so damn annoying. The hiccups are. I mean, I mean, I couldn't. I mean, part of the reason I would say no is I got to do this show every day, and I love doing this show every day. I couldn't do this show with hiccups. I just, you well, if you got the, if you time. got the billion dollars, you wouldn't need to do the show. Well, that's correct. But if I don't, if I'm wrong, I got to come do the show. Got to make some money. Come that's on, true. Man. That's true. In our line of work, it would not work very well. I don't think I would do it. I don't think I would do it. It would be tough to say no. But uh, hiccups are no fun, man. And that's that's part of the reason you can never get rid of the hiccups because it's all you can think about. It, because because if you could stop thinking about it, that's why somebody getting scared or someone distracting you. Now, the minute you can you know stop thinking about the hiccups for twenty or thirty seconds, they'll go away on their own. Typically, but you know you just can't because it's just driving you crazy. Um, yeah, that sounds like a Seinfeld episode, right? The Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, right there. Something about the hiccups, Ty. I like that. All right, we'll come back. Somebody said big humans with Mike Vrabel. That's true. That's true. Um, maybe maybe NFL owners don't like big humans. I don't know. You never know uh, how that plays out. We'll come back. We will pick up these conversations. Plus, speaking of Senior Bowl, our buddy John Harris from Jay Harris Football will be with us. He was at the Senior Bowl all week. He'll tell us about the Longhorns who showed up and starred there. We'll do that next hour. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.